This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. So, who's queer? Yes. yes. No, no, like, in who, who's queer? Who is queer? Yes, very queer. Wait, huh? My name is Alex of Volpe as I use the Z, Fox, and Void pronouns, and this is Stride with Pride. Hello and welcome back to Stride with Pride. I hope you've had a fantastic however long it's been since you listened to the last one. For this week's episode, we are doing our second part in the Doctor Who Queer Stuff series. And again, I have my two wonderful guests. Hi, my name is Alcuin. Um, my pronouns are they and them. And my favourite companion is Ace McShane. Hi, I'm Sophie. My pronouns are she, her. And my favourite character is the brilliant Sarah Jane Smith. All right, so on this one, we are talking more about New Who and that is the era where it started up again after being cancelled for many a long time. So it started in 2005 and is still running today and it's it's so queer. (laughs) There's so many. No longer constrained by 20th century film regulations. They can be as gay as they want to be. Canonically now. Yeah. But we will get into that. So we'll keep going in order but expand a bit more because there are so many side characters. But we'll start off with Christopher Eccleston's era. That's the Ninth Doctor. Yes. Ninth Doctor was the first Doctor of the reboot. He only lasted one season and he only had two companions. One of them lasted the whole time and that was Rose and the other one who showed up for about half of his season and that was Jack Harkness who... It's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's some uh, outside of the um, actual show stuff going on with the actor there um, but we won't get into that. Yeah, Jack as a character is his own sexuality. Yeah. I mean, there's something called the Harkness test for a reason. This man will sleep with anything as long as it is of age and can consent. I feel like there is a conversation to be had, though, about the way in which that does play into stereotypes about bisexual men and bisexual people in general and how they are inherently sexual because Jack is very much inherently sexual in nature and the way in which that is played as essentially his entire character. It's quite something in terms of of representation. Maybe good for the time, but retrospectively looking at it, it's a bit... Uh, Yeah, it's very much playing into the eager bisexual trope. A lot of people just say he's omnisexual, but it very much does play into the sort of greedy thing as well and very promiscuous, which, you know, not the best. It, It was probably good for the time to see, you know, queer male representation on screen. Yeah, Do we say like, it's played for laughs? Well, even if it is, well, I won't say even if it is, it is a problematic characterisation, but it did also open up a lot of doors for later yeah. characterisation. So we can at least give him that. It did, yeah. I think I think his reveal that he's not straight was quite good in um, The Doctor Dances, where he's like, um, oh, I got to know this soldier quite well while I was in London, and Rose looks like a little scandalised, and the Doctor's like, oh, it's from the 32nd century, they're just a bit more fluid about who they dance with and I like how that's just very quickly brushed on and just like yeah he's queer get over it and like he has a relationship with the doctor of some variety and that is shown as quite heartfelt actually yeah. like it's it's not just sexual with the doctor he very much deeply cares yeah. for the doctor and that's not played for laughs at all it's like yeah no he deeply cares for the doctor and this is shown more when he comes back in yeah. series 12 is a whole thing um we'll talk a little bit more about that later but is still <laughs> in love with the doctor 
then very much deeply cares for them. But we cannot talk about Nine's era without talking about RTD, Russell T Davies, who was the showrunner at the time for Nine and also Ten and also now Fourteen. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a blast. Honestly, if he could do all that with the two thousand and five media, what can he do now? Yeah, totally. I mean, also like Roses, like Bye. Um, yeah, no, definitely. We just have to mention that quickly. But there is, you know, a scene at the end of the Night Doctor's series um, where Rose and the Doctor kiss, but also Jack and the Doctor kiss, and that scene is just as heartfelt, um, which is pretty swag. Yeah. It's very, very cool. But yes, we mentioned RTD, very queer, has written It's a Sin, is an openly gay man. Also wrote Queer as Folk, uh, Years and Years, two other fairly queer shows or incredibly queer shows. <laughs> So this this man is very much about like queer representation on screen and stuff, and is now going to get a chance to do it without with, with some l- less constraints for yeah. a second time round. So I think it's safe to say we're all pretty hopeful for RTD two. <laughs> <sighs> Sexuality wise, for nine, he's he's a bit hard to pin down. Not because he's purposefully mixing things up or something. He's just he's just so sad. He'll he'll take he'll take love and affection wherever he can find it. He he just needs a hug. <laughs> Mine is a tr- poor traumatized baby who looks like he could kill you. Yeah, he's he's not straight, but that's about as far as we can say for sure because he's just so sad all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about his gender? Sad. Yeah. yeah. His gender's trauma, but so um, so many of the new Who doctors. <laughs> the new Who doctors really never get a break. It's the, the, the poor dears. <laughs> Something I think is probably worth mentioning in Nine's era is um, Cassandra. Lady Cassandra. <laughs> O'Brien. Delta 17. Um, who is some fairly problematic, very problematic, unintentional trans representation um, with the offhand line of, when I was a little boy, um, which just carries so many bad connotations. However, the Lady Cassandra's entire thing is that she just wants to be thinner and thinner and thinner, um, to the point that when we meet her, she is literally a piece of skin with lipstick attached to it held on a trampoline frame. And so it sort of plays into the idea of evil prosthetics surgeries done to oneself um, which of course is not exactly a good message in today's day and age when like gender affirming surgery for trans people is an important topic especially in great britain oh boy yeah so in terms of the 10th doctor most of the characters are pretty pretty hit not gonna lie like they're pretty cis hit um 10 specifically is the straightest doctor yeah um (laughs) however sophie would you like to yeah um there are a few gay side characters and i'm talking very very side characters in 10's era um there are two um married old woman in the gridlock episode who keep getting referred to as sisters and they're like um bro no we are married stop dragging us along like this you know we're married and there's also uh one of the christmas special episodes there's this poor poor little fellow called alonzo who's stuck in a control room the entire time who later gets set up on a date with jack harkness diversity win (laughs) yeah diversity win you snog jack harkness (laughs) that's not an achievement (laughs) but there is also one notable mention in the reappearance of Sarah Jane Smith in the first 
season featuring the 10th Doctor, the second season of New Who as a whole. I can't remember the episode number off the top of my four. head. Four. <laughs> I knew it was between three and eight. Um, but oh, they bring back Sarah Jane. And it's that's the episode where we find out she never had a romantic relationship with anyone really past, well, it's alluded that she had a bit of a thing for the Doctor. But eh. mm. demi-romantic? Yeah, I mean, hell, even having a relationship with the Doctor that looks straight is inherently a little bit queer because of the different understanding of gender and sexuality that the Doctor has and the fact that it, there's literally a different species. Um, Time Lord gender is one hell of a topic. Yeah, but, but yeah, no, they, they bring back Sarah Jane in a school, an episode called School Reunion, which is the setup for her own... Sick? Uh, no, third. Third, <laughs> third spinoff. Because she's that awesome. She gets three spinoffs for herself. Um, that we'll go into a bit more in the next episode, or I will go into a bit more in the next episode because Sarah Jane is my jam. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll be allowed to talk occasionally, I think, but not much. <laughs> Tens gender, what do we think? Uh, kissing women in a trench coat. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Tens gender. Kissing women in a trench coat. Him in the trench coat, not the woman. <laughs> well, I mean, they could be. I mean, if it's a woman, he's probably going to kiss them. So, yeah, yeah. A lot of kissing in this era. Yeah. yeah. Three years, four years. Sorry. Yeah, no, 10, ten gets a, a lot of kissing in. The 11th Doctor. Oh, boy. This is the Stephen Moffat era in which everyone is bisexual. And in miniskirts. Yep. <laughs> it sure is a interesting production decision. But we're not here to pick apart Stephen Moffat's writing that much um <laughs> 11 now there's a doctor with a sexuality i mean to quote matt smith the actor for the 11th doctor the doc's idea of an orgy is playing chess with an ostrich <laughs> it's um just completely off the rails no 11 is very asexual i think the best example of that is um so so the 11th doctor is the first doctor to travel with a married couple inside of the tardis um ian and barbara head cannons aside um and we find out in their second series that they have bunk beds <laughs> and he doesn't understand why they wouldn't want bunk beds because bunk beds are spectacular why wouldn't you want bunk beds you weirdos fine i'll give you a normal bed <laughs> Yeah, he he, just, he he literally can't get his head around why they would want to have a bed that's big enough to hold the two of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's so asexual, so aromantic. This is a doctor that does not understand the human. Okay, we well. say aromantic. River. Okay, yeah. River song. Okay. <laughs> Demi-romantic. River Song is an exception to any illusions of aromanticism that any of the Doctors has had. Because River Song is, uh, spoiler sweetie, the Doctor's wife. Yeah, River Song's everyone's wife. Yes. There's literally an episode where the whole plot is just she's married to every single character. Yes, yes. <laughs> which which is um, called, I be- oh wait, no, that's not the Doctor's wife. What am I talking about? That's the husbands of River Song. Um, I think that's, that's, a, that's a 12 episode though. Yes, it is. So we'll get we'll get to that when we get to that. But um, R- River Song is um, is the Doctor's love interest throughout the Eleventh Doctor's era. Um, he shamelessly tries to flirt with her. Um, tries being the operative word. Very much so. <laughs> um, and that's sort of like the the key romance plot of of I'd say Eleven's era, Amy and Rory 
the site. Yeah, um, also added awkwardness for Amy and Rory being the Doctor's parents-in-law. Yeah, but moving back to the queerness, River, explicitly bisexual? Yes. Yeah, she has a wife. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> that would kind of make one explicitly bisexual, um, at least, if not pan so yes, um, very very queer there. I don't believe Amy or Rory has ever um, made it anything other than straight. Though Clara is implicitly bi. Oh yeah, she had a thing with Jane Austen. Yeah, Cla- yeah, Clara and Jane Austen. That's another one of the Doctor's companions, not Jane Austen, but Clara. I wish Jane Austen. That would be so cool. Yeah. But yes. Circling back to River though, she is also sort of like Jack in that she is very um, the the sexual um, type of bisexual, but she very much. Okay, there's a okay. Uh, there's a lot to say about her, but in her character, it's very much like more as like a power thing. I would say like she yeah. takes that in her stride, and it's very much like something that she has as part of her, and is it's part of her. It's not her whole personality. Exactly. She was Jack done better. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> and it's it's a woman who's taking charge of her own sexuality, and she is living her best life with that, and it's not her whole character. Like she has. So much going on with her character, um, <laughs> but it, it's just part of her, and I think that's you know one of the good ways to write a bisexual character. Like, yeah, like sometimes bisexual people like to be having a lot of relationships, and that's good for them. Go, go polyamory, um, <laughs> but just, just write it well, please. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you know, there's the whole like if you have multiple queer characters of the same queerness, you can have different types. And oh boy, are there many bisexual characters in <laughs> Stephen Moffat's era? Yeah, so, much so many, so many side characters are super queer as well. Like there's so much just casual queer representation as well. Like in Eleven's era is where we get Jenny and Vestra. Yes. Oh, Jenny Lesbians. and Vestra. The lesbian oh, Silurian from the dawn of time. And her wife. These characters are brought up often. They're married, yes? Yep. Yes. Yeah, they're married and they're, it's like the homophobia is like part of their story, but it's just something that's brought up. Yeah, well, Vastra eats homophobes, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to note at this point that they're married in the Victorian era. Yeah, and no one questions it because Vastra will eat them if they do. <laughs> it's literally just a case of, oh yeah, they're married. She's a lizard, it's fine. <laughs> there, there are more important things to worry about, namely things like a T-Rex in the River Thames. (laughs) (laughs) An even bigger lizard. (laughs) What do we think Eleven's gender is? Uh, Golden Retriever. In a bow tie. With war crimes? Don't forget the war crimes. (laughs) Lots of war crimes. Yep, that sounds about right. It's important to note at this point that in the Eleventh Doctor's era, we eventually begin to get an idea that perhaps the Doctor's timeline isn't as straightforward as we've been led to believe it is, and in fact there is a surprise secret bonus edition of the Doctor that <laughs> happens between the 8th Doctor and the ninth Doctor, not known as the Doctor because he didn't act like the Doctor, known as the War Doctor, so actually still known as the Doctor, who can really be um, summed up as grumpy gay granddad. Yep. He's great. That's about it. <laughs> Like, we do not see any of that. His his gender is fight and sad um, and trauma. Um, but, like, if you, it's the vibes, you know? Like, you, you just look at him and you're like, yeah, you're, you're a gay grumpy granddad. Yeah. <laughs> the Twelfth Doctor. Oh, boy. Okay. Twelfth's era is... I don't know if I want to call it... It's, no, it's not the queerest era in Yoo-Hoo, but that, that's pretty high competition, to be honest, particularly with current events going on between 13 and Yaz. We'll get there when we get there. Twelve 
has got a lot of very complex relationships going on between both with himself and other characters at all times. Um, so I think talking about Clara is probably the best way to start off. Yeah. Ooh, Clara. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that constructive um, bit of input well, on Clara. It's really hard to describe his relationship with Clara. Queer platonic. Yeah. Yeah, they're queer platonic soulmates for one another. Yeah, um, I mean, they literally nearly destroy the galaxy just to like, exist with one another. Yes, Twelve literally commits crimes against time to save her life. After spending, like, billions of years trapped in his own personal hell trying to get out, to get back to her, to bring her back to life. it's If that isn't something, then I don't know what is. It's... Probably one of the most intense relationships in any of the new hers. By a very, very... Or even very, classic hers, even. I'd say it's probably the most intense relationship that a Doctor has had with another character across, yeah. period. There's nothing else quite like it, even even between River and Eleven, though that's, it's all, that's a whole other kettle of fish. But yes, just they're very... They're, they're quivertonic soulmates. They understand each other instinctively, and they're each other's best friend. Though, I guess there's also an element of polyamory in there as well, because, of course, there's Danny who's yeah. Clara's... I don't know if I want to call that polyamory, though, because, like, he, he isn't always happy that she's with... He's rarely happy that she's hanging out with the Doctor. Though I think that that's less to do with how her and the Doctor are and more to do with the fact that he sees the Doctor as all of his worst nightmares in a military officer come <laughs> to life. Yeah, um, and he just doesn't want Clara anywhere near that, and Clara's like, you can't tell me what to do. I'm going to go get on Twenty Space Train. Of course, if we're discussing uh, about queer things and Doctor Who, we kind of need to mention Bill Potts, the openly lesbian character who is the Doctor's companion for all of Series 10. Oh, I wish we had more time with her. Oh, yeah. No, um, she's his, his, his gay granddaughter. Yeah, li literally. Um, the And the relationship that they have is so beautifully contrasted against what 12 had with Clara, particularly as far as it's like like a mentor-mentee relationship. Yeah. It's sort of going back to the classic Who side of things. Yeah, it goes back to um, more of a dynamic similar to Seven and Ace. Yes, exactly. Um, in many ways, you could call her the modern Ace with her jacket and everything and mm. like, general attitude to life. Oh, her and Ace would burn the world down. Oh, easily. But moving back to like queer stuff, um, it's very interesting to see how Bill was actually used as a as a character to show how diverse um, humanity is throughout history. Um, Eaters of the Light, scripted by Rona Munro, who coincidentally wrote Survival, the episode we were talking about um, in the last um, Doctor Who episode with Ace and Cheetah People, um, in which um, there's a whole segment that just info dumps to you about how queer R Roman culture was. Yeah, um, that episode is interesting. She's like, was it one of them's coming on to Bill and she's just like, yeah, I don't, I don't like guys like that. And she's like, oh, you're like, you're like that fella. Only likes men he does, but weird. <laughs> yeah. And they just sort of talk about all of these like Romans that they know who are all queer or trans in some way. Yeah. It's, it's very cool. Um, she's used generally to show like beyond LGBT stuff though, because uh, Bill Potts is a black British woman shown how, how much of history has been whitewashed, um, particularly with the um, episodes set in the Victorian time when there are other black people around in 12 literally is it 12 who comments history's a whitewash yeah yeah it's not subtle it's great um 
But also, twelve punches a racist. Yep. <laughs> worth noting. Watch the nice ten out of ten episode right there. But yeah, Bill queer. I think we do kind of need to talk about the end of Bill though, mm. um, and Heather. Yeah. Um, because there's a cheeky bit of bury your gaze. They're not technically dead, but it's also not great either. Bill in Bill's first episode meets a lady called Heather. They fall madly in love after, as far as I can tell, about one conversation. Um, that's about how lesbians work, though. Yeah, you yeah. haul, yeah, you haul lesbians, yeah. Um, and then Heather instantly dies and is turned into her intelligent jet engine, space jet engine fuel. Um, space puddle. Yeah, in, in, yeah, which is a puddle. Um, and then proceeds to follow Bill across all of time and space because she promised Bill that she wouldn't leave her. Um, it's it's quite something. Um, and then there's even more bury your gaze at the end of the season when Bill is turned into the first Cyberman. Yeah. Cybermen, for those of you not well acquainted with Doctor Who, are creatures that are post-human in that anything human in them other than their bones and their brain has been ripped away and replaced by cybernetics and prosthetics and as such they've lost their souls and they've lost their emotions and they've lost their personality and their individuality and it's it's genuinely one of the most it's it's always explicitly stated to be one of the most horrifying things that can happen to you in the Doctor Who universe is to be turned into a Cyberman and it happens to Bill very very dead. Yeah, except things go a little bit wrong and she actually retains her emotions and personality, which makes things far, far worse. Because she's now conscious that she's sort of essentially being hacked in her own brain by brain computers Yeah, while trying to re- regain and retain a sense of individuality as a person whose entire character has been about her being an individual. And then she dies when an entire floor of a spaceship is blown up. And then it turns out she's alive because the water never left her. Yeah. Um, and the space, the, sorry, not the water, the, the, the space fuel. And they go off together and... They're just gay space puddles. They're now, yeah, gay space puddles exploring the universe together. There's another spin-off show that they should do. Yeah. Um, I mean, technically they could bring back Bill at any point. She'd just be puddly. It's also not huge, but worth mentioning, the character Ashilda who ends up being called Lady Me because she's been around for so long that she's forgotten her name. She's not explicitly queer. Apart from the fact she ends up travelling with Clara for an extended period of time and you can't be straight and put up with Clara for that long. (laughs) (laughs) The sheer bisexual energy gets to you. I think now is a good point to talk about Time Lords and gender because... 12 is when they actually explicitly discuss this. Yeah. Um, so there's a whole conversation between Bill Potts and 12 about um, the Doctor's sexuality and gender um, in which the Doctor just straight up says, oh, Time Lords, we transcended your human's idea of sexuality and gender aeons ago, Yeah. basically. Canonising that the Doctor is agender, or, or more accurately, genderless. So would that be gender void? Um, if you need to put a label on it, probably agender or gender void, um, but non-binary at the very least. Um, and then also showing the sexuality-wise, the Doctor is sort of... Beyond human comprehension, almost. <laughs> Simultaneously pan and asexual would probably be a good way of describing it. But I think that's something quite interesting to bring up. And also around gender and sexuality with Time Lords, there is Missy. Because I love Missy. <laughs> Missy is when we see that Time Lords on screen 
can regenerate from one sex to another, because Missy is the master in female form, and therefore, of course, she needs a different name. <laughs> and a spectacular outfit. So oh. many spectacular outfits. We love scary poppins. <laughs> <laughs> Please, she literally flies down on top of an army of Cybermen with her umbrella. It's scary poppins. Yeah. Missy is so much evil queer-coded romance, or not romance, frenemies to lovers with... 12. And she actually gets a really, I won't say sweet, but impactful redemption arc of sorts. Sort of tying things up with the Master's character and motivations. Mm. It brings a lot of um, the subtext um, and almost supertext of Classic Who and just sort of drags it up kicking and screaming to the surface and goes, yeah, this is a thing. Um, particularly with regards to their relationships with one another. Yeah, it also, I don't want to say humanises because Master isn't human, but it does, in a sense, it humanises the character of Missy and the Master into someone less than just this caricature of evil into a flesh and blood person with complex emotions. Mm, what What's 12's gender? Um, No, with little, little love heart and a guitar emoji. It sounds about right. What about no? Asterix, rockstar granddad. <laughs> um, so 13, uh, gay. Uh, so many. They're lesbians, your honour. <laughs> um, so now has been had been teased throughout 13's run that a character called Yaz and 13, well, at, at least that Yaz liked 13 and that was like explicitly brought up like a few times. Yeah. Like, except even we, quite early on. Yeah, from like straight from the beginning. Yeah. And we all sort of expected that it would just be like, you know, brushed off as some kind of one sided thing or hero worship or something but no oh no so we mentioned earlier jack coming up again um and so um it is, they have a conversation about like oh you two um as in liking the doctor and um and then in season 13 oh, oh so many gay um it is confirmed thasman um that's the the ship name and um this was actually um, brought about by the actors themselves for 13 and Yaz. They saw all the shipping of Thasman in the first series, and then they were like, well, we've got to make it happen now. I mean, yeah, man, that's been like reblogging Thasman fan art since like episode one. Yeah. So, yeah. so it kind of had to happen. And now it has. And also there's just so many side characters that are queer. Like, there's, like, no one straight Almost in this. every single side <laughs> character in the 13th Doctor's era is a queer in some way or another. There's, like, queer people in, like, every episode. Yeah. There's a couple of, like, really good episodes, I think, to highlight here in particular when talking about queer characters. Um, particularly, I, I want to say um, Praxius, with yeah. its dissection and look at toxic masculinity and how that can coexist with homosexuality and queer and how it can bring apart relationships um, and how it does need to be addressed within queer spaces. As, also, Praxis is a wholly great episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With, without, without that, it's amazing. With that, it's top tier who. Yeah. So good. I think that's really just the one episode I'd like to highlight as far as um, queer side characters goes. But yeah, like um, the latest episode, they quite literally say like, oh, I'm not a bad day. And then they have a conversation about their relationship and what they want to do and their fears about it and wanting to stay with each other forever. Yeah. How much more explicit can you like? <laughs> also, the muster and the Dr. Gay. That's it. <laughs> so what's 13's gender, do we think? Feral cat with a biscuit addiction. Yeah. <laughs> and a, a whole lot of trauma that she's not dealing with. She needs to. Can when she get a the therapist? Do- when does the doctor ever deal with trauma, though? 
It's also worth noting in the 13th Doctor's era that there was another secret bonus edition round of the Doctor, the um, Ruth Doctor, or the Fugitive Doctor, played by the wonderful Miss Joe Martin, who, well, we don't really have enough on this Doctor to talk about queerness. Look at her. That, that, enough said. No Look straight person wears that shirt. Or, or the rest of it. Though we're getting a big finished box set soon, and hopefully that changes it. Also, because this episode was recorded before the announcement, I would like to give a warm welcome to Shuti Gatwa, who is playing the 14th Doctor. Very exciting. Played Eric in Sex Education, which was a really queer role. He has the range. I love it. And also, Yasmin Finney, who has just played um, a trans character on Heartstopper and is trans herself, is one of the companions, which is super cool. And I'm really excited to see all of them and also all the rest of the doctors who are coming back for the 60th of course but queer stuff woo that is all we have time for on this week's episode of Stride with Pride for this week's creator spotlight I am going to spotlight the Whovian girl on Instagram that is at the Whovian underscore G-A-L and she is a by Demi Jewish Doctor Who creator on Instagram posts a lot of rankings, opinions and discussions and a lot of dissections of queer and Jewish stuff in Doctor Who as well. Lots of good content. Go go check it out. But that is all for this week's episode of Stride with Pride. I hope you enjoyed the second part of our Doctor Who series talking about New Who. Maybe some characters that you'll be more familiar with. Um, <laughs> but I hope you have a fantastic day, afternoon, or evening, whenever you are listening to this. Don't forget to drink some water, take your meds, have a snack, have a nap. Don't forget to spread your joy, and I will see you all next time. Bye. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.